Carol Joy Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode 13. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Today, I am so tickled to have my dear friends Bob and Linda Sarna with me, all the way from Minnetonka, Minnesota. And we've been trying to figure out how long we've known and loved each other. We think it's about 22 years. So that means we met in preschool, but um, we've aged well for being as long as it's been. And Bob is in the financial services world. And Linda, among many things, um, as a mom, is also a doula for other people's children and grandchildren. And um, they have been pillars in my ministry Linda and her family have sponsored my seminar in Minnesota. I don't even know since junior high, probably right. <laughs> so <laughs> many, many years. Uh, Bob and Linda have a large family, and I don't want to ruin their story. So I'm going to start with just telling you about their first three children. Mackenzie, who is their daughter, who I believe has finished her doctorate. Is that right? Yes. And she's 30 and married with the most amazing little baby girl who's three months old and um, Bob and Linda's first grandchild. And then they have a son named Austin, who's 28, and he's married to Taylor. And they have a daughter, Amanda, who's 26, and she's married to Cameron. So that's kind of where I came into the picture. Of course, the kids were much, much younger, but that was the family that I knew and loved. So tell me a little bit about your homeschool journey, first of all, and how you came to homeschool and how maybe we met, I don't remember, but maybe you do, or you know, what your first exposure to uh, my philosophy was. Bob, you want to start us and then... Or Linda can start us and you can jump in. Yeah, I'll, I'll let Linda start because she's the one who was the proponent of homeschooling. So. <laughs> I, figured, I figured that. Yeah, I threw you a trick question. All right, Linda. <laughs> um, wow, I don't know I, where to start. I, Mackenzie went to kindergarten mm -hmm. and we were kind of uh, earlier is better. We moved from California and um, her birthday is in September. And California cutoff date for kindergarten is December. It's different. So uh, we get here and I'm like all set to put her in kindergarten. And they were like, well, she can't go to kindergarten yet. Herbert, you know, she missed the cutoff date. And I thought, are you kidding? She's so brilliant. She needs to be in school. <laughs> She's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I even tried to push for early entry because she was ready. And um, anyways, it didn't happen. And we ended up, keep, you know, had to keep her home another year. And then Austin came, was uh, along right behind her and he was a little late bloomer and all boy needed to be outside. And I just started getting this. I think the Lord was just working on my heart really. Um, for keeping my kids home more, be, being more with them. I started meeting people who were homeschooling and kind of thinking, huh, you know, I, I remember asking somebody, well, the schools in Minnesota are so good. Why do you homeschool? You know, that was just so foreign to me. And, um, but I, I remember her kids who were in junior high, just being exceptional, you know, just different. And I mm -hmm. loved her children. And so it started sparking an interest and then Austin was just, 
it was getting to be time for him to go to kindergarten. And I just knew in my heart that he wasn't ready to go. And, um, but we did the kindergarten roundup and they said, oh yeah, he's ready. And then I just kept thinking about, I would just get a pit in my stomach sending him to school. And I kept talking to him and he kept saying, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> not doing that. And then one day he just- You kept talking to Bob, not Austin. Bob. Yeah, you're pointing with your thumb, but we- Yeah, sorry, you're talking to Bob. Well, you also need to understand my first answer to everything, if you want an answer right now is no. And if you give me five minutes to think about it, I might change my mind. Right. I think my son has your same gene pool because- <laughs> So negative. I asked him, and, and I just said to his wife one day, "He's so negative. How do you stand it?" But then eventually he changes his mind, and he always winds up saying yes. I don't know what yes. that is. Yes. <laughs> I just, Carol, you always teach people to think, so I figure it's better to think about things for a while before you give an answer than just give an answer up front. So, <laughs> so Bob go. wasn't on the bandwagon much, but you uh, felt drawn, and so you pulled yes. the trigger and did well, it. I remember just one one day, um, I'd been praying about it too, and he just came to me one day and said, you know, if you want to homeschool, homeschool. And I kind of went, oh no, <laughs> what, what, what was I thinking? <laughs> but um, so we jumped in. Uh, Amanda was, of course, maybe three. Yeah. Austin was going to be in kindergarten. So I jumped in doing school the way I knew how to do school. Like, and then the things that I had read about homeschooling was, you know, the statistics showed that it was better. And so, of course, we were going, they were going to be smarter and read earlier and la, 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 all those things. Yeah. So I started um, just really regimented. We're doing spelling. We're doing all the things. I had Austin in kindergarten, you know, trying to do... Uh, <laughs> Orton Gilling, or not Orton Gillingham, but the, uh, the big phonics program. And, you know, it was just all this, uh, it wasn't really fun. It was just work. School at home. School at home. Yeah. Yeah. And, but when I had started homeschooling, before I had started homeschooling, well, two things. I read the Read Aloud Handbook by Jim Trelease. Yes. But he had given that to me, and that just changed my world that was just yeah amazing we we worked towards shutting off the tv we started reading and i'm a reader and i loved that model anyways it just really sang you know to my heart and then um somebody the person who had been homeschooling said to me well whatever you do you go hear carol's side if you get a chance so we were maybe into our second year of homeschooling before I saw that you were coming and I went to your seminar and um, you were talking about how being in school, you know, some of the nervous habits of little boys and yeah. you were describing my son. Yeah. And I was, I went in the bathroom and cried because oh. I was doing that to him, you know, oh. instead of some of the nervous issues that, when their nervous system is overloaded, yes. something starts, yes. It's like blowing their fuses. Yes. And Austin was doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah picking his fingers and, you know, just, Facial so stuff like that. Yeah. we came home and just um, threw out all the curriculum and just changed everything. And we didn't look back after that. And 
went back to your seminar every time you came because I just needed to be reminded mm -hmm. this is why we're doing this the way we are and just kind of get that uh, confidence to keep going that way because it's so easy to um, fall under parental peer pressure yeah. you know, and, and start going, oh, well, maybe we should be doing this. Maybe we should be doing that. And so just to kind of clear the air <laughs> and just keep going back. Yeah. It gets you back on the turnip truck. Right. Yeah. And then, so you're going along happily living a lovely suburban life. Yeah. And Bob, suddenly I get word that everything has changed. What, what happened? <laughs> why, why couldn't you leave well enough alone, as they say? Well, I, I would say as a perfect dad that when I had two kids, that was a great life for me because we had a boy and a girl and we had this great suburban family and I was happy. And then we ended up having Amanda. We had another baby. So after Amanda, I figured out what caused that problem. <laughs> and and then we decided we weren't going to have any more children. And then probably about, seemed like it was about a year later, Linda was thinking she wanted to have another baby. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, I don't mind the idea of having another child, but if we're going to do that, um, number one, I'd have to go get an operation to reverse what I did. That didn't sound too good. And <laughs> we actually did go see a doctor. And long story short, God sort of put it on my heart after talking to that doctor that that wasn't the answer. Yes. So there were all these children over in Romania, I believe was the time that were suffering from being left in cribs and had flatheads and everything. And that was on the news. Yeah. And I told Linda, if we're going to do something, let's go adopt and help a child somewhere. So we decided to do that. We went through the process. We were kind of on a fast track. It seems like we started in July um, and we actually came home with our children in February. But through that, through that process, we decided we'd go to a Russian adoption agency. Um, we said we'd consider siblings. Yeah. Uh, little did I know that siblings meant that could be more than two children. <laughs> <laughs> our adoption agency called us up and said, I think we've had your kids in the long story short is there were three of them, two brothers yeah. and sister, a whole sibling group. We traveled to Russia, stayed there for almost a month and brought them home with us. And we became the Brady Bunch overnight. And <laughs> three girls, three boys. And there's a lot of stories in there about how our kids wanted everything all balanced. So we, we did that for them. <laughs> and then yeah. life has been a pretty good challenge since then. And God has really refined our hearts through that. Yes. So you adopted Evan, who's now 22 and just got married right in the middle of the drama of uh, COVID. And he married lovely Caitlin. And then Dylan is 20 and Zoe is 19. So tell me about some of the challenges, Bob, as you brought them home. And now you are still in the midst of raising really Dylan and Zoe, but really a little bit Evan as well. And, and explain why you'll probably always be raising these these three in a different way than your first three. Yeah, well, I think I would tell you, I have a good friend that once told me that, I told him I'm looking so forward to the day all my children leave home so we can have time together. And he said, Bob, they never leave. So <laughs> what I would say to you is I only have those three. I have my other three are always showing up here all the time too. So I, I think it's just wonderful being a family and having the opportunity to spend time with all of them. But Evan and Dylan and Zoe also, have uh, learning disabilities, I guess is a polite way to put it. Um, maybe a little fetal alcohol syndrome, not to the extent because they came from Russia, but there certainly is some of that in their background. Yes. Um, a lot of anxiety um, that has to do with just connecting with people and et cetera. Um, so it was very challenging. They had a lot of physical needs that they needed to be met when they were young. We first brought them home. 
we took care of most of that through doctors, obviously in the medical field. But then the, the mental thing, we attempted to do that through doctors and et cetera. And then mainly stuck to what Linda knew through homeschooling and that she learned. And it was sort of nutrition and just loving them. Um, and we made a lot of mistakes, just like all parents, but we made a lot of mistakes. Um, and there were things we wish we could do differently. But at the end of the day, all of our kids are doing very well. We're very happy with them. And there is no way our kids could have been stuck in a public school because they wouldn't have survived. Um, so just thank God that we were homeschooling for them at the time. We've all felt overwhelmed when it comes to feeding our family healthy food that tastes great without costing an arm and a leg. If you want to spend less on food and are eager to get your children involved in food prep and cleanup, the Nutrition Made Simple Seminar will help you with all this and more. In this half-day live webinar on June 20th, I will teach you grocery shopping do's and don'ts, how to use food to calm your hyperactive child, and easy tips to have happy, healthy holidays. Visit my website, caroljoyside.com forward slash upcoming dash seminars to register. And don't forget, the webinar is available for replay one week after the live event. I hope you'll join me June 20th for Nutrition Made Simple. Now back to the show. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me why homeschool, you know, can you guys expand on that a little bit? Why was homeschool such a great fit with the three littles? So I, there have been, there were times when I thought, okay, the public schools have more services. Yes. And they would maybe have been able to um, and progress a little bit faster or better. I don't know if that, what the word is, but um, I, I, the Lord just really put it on my heart. And I had to remind my, my heart this often <clears throat> that it was better for them to attach and learn how to attach than to, um, you know, I don't know, be able to do algebra. Right. And explain attach, explain attachment. Um, oh, is that too complex? I don't know where to start with that, but yeah. Um, every child that is born attaches to its primary caregiver, its mom, right? And attachment is sensory and it begins in the womb. And then with our kids, they had uh, not only a broken attachment, but they had early childhood trauma, which made it hard for them to trust and to um, just, uh, I I don't know, I guess that's just the basic, just to trust that we were for them and we would care for them and we could take care of them. And so through a lot, like he said, through a lot of, um, Bob said, a lot of tri- trial and error, you know, thinking we're going to just parent them like our bio children, yeah. realizing this is not working. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I found a, an attachment counselor who was very helpful and um, in helping. She also was a big proponent of homeschooling because, you know, wow. it's like you go through the um, muddied attachment then if they go to school, you talk about this, how they attach to uh, 
the teacher, right? And so then it just dilutes your attachment and then you have problems at home. And I just was so thankful a lot of times, even though it was hard that we were homeschooling and that they are attached. They know they're, they belong here. And I think I might say a calm learning environment might be a good term for it because suffering all the anxiety and distrust that they had and et cetera, all of a sudden it's just a calm environment with your siblings and your mother around and the siblings. So I go back to talking to Mackenzie, Austin and Amanda, how much they helped was unbelievable. It also helped them grow up. And maybe we didn't get to do some things that we should have done with them. It's one of those things we look back and with regret on, but at the end of the day, we're a family. So mm -hmm. we're all about each other. So they, they supported and they couldn't have got that in school and they would have got on track with wrong friends and whatever more than the average kid, just because they tend to, they, tend to find people that are like that in their lives. Yes. And the other thing is just uh, really being able to let them progress at their pace yes. with no pressure. You know, I was always just happy with a little progress. Yeah. So and it was a little progress. Um, and it was, it was good. It was just really good to just be able to just let that be the standard for them. Mm -hmm. Yes. You are secure. You are full of grace. And Bob, you touched on the, the big kids, the three bigger children, um, helping raise the littles. And I, I, and you, and I heard a little like, well, maybe there was some regret there, but I just want to be your biggest cheerleader and say, there's nothing there's no greater gift you can give an older child than the privilege of helping care for and raise for their raise their siblings. And um, I know my father came from a family of 17 children. I don't know if you knew that, Linda, yeah. but yes. And he was basically raised by his siblings. Mm -hmm. His older siblings were like old enough to be his parents. And so just the bond that that um, gives and the character that it builds when a child thinks the universe revolves around them, your older kids, and where are you going to take me? What are you going to buy me? Blah, blah, blah. Um, but when they then become co-caregivers to siblings, how you're really teaching them to parent, which is the most important thing you'll ever teach them. And so what a gift you gave your three older children to give them these three younger children to kind of love on and invest in. It's really sweet. Yeah, I think it's good because we still see at their current ages, like they like to spend time together and our home has always been the hub of everything, yeah. even with all their friends that they made. And it's still the hub of everything, which is a good thing because you always know what your kids are doing because they're in your backyard <laughs> down your basement. Um, so, so they're always here. So our food bill hasn't went down even though they've left. <laughs> so, but they are here and they like to be here and they like to be together. So that's really important. So I do believe that it's worked out quite well. That is just beautiful. Go ahead. Uh, the thing that I see with my older kids, too, is how the adoption has shaped them. You know, Mackenzie wrote her dissertation on attachment theory in it, orphan characters in literature, you know, so, when, you know, even that shaped her thinking as she was reading through things. And Amanda is just very compassionate, very, very compassionate for people who are different. And, um, you know, it's just really neat to see, mm. see that. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's it's such a gift for children, and this is why it's so tragic that children with dis- disabilities are very often aborted now in our culture. It's a huge tragedy for the child, of course, and for that family, but it's also a huge tragedy for the rest of us in society because we don't have the opportunity to be ministered to by children with disabilities because they minister to us sometimes more than even we minister to them. And we're missing out on that. And, you know, when JJ was growing up, our pastor uh, and his wife had um, a good sized family, I think maybe four children, but one of their children was a Down syndrome child. I don't know if I've told you this one then. And JJ grew up with Andy and he was like his brother and how that shaped JJ's character because it wasn't like oh that that disabled child it was no Andy like Andy of course you know who I do overnights and and play ball with and wrestle with and you know and so it was just part of the richness of knowing a child that that struggles in areas maybe that you don't and how that builds compassion and empathy just like you said about Amanda having you know being very tuned into that and that she may not have had that to the extent if she hadn't had her brothers and her sister. So that is so sweet. So um, anything you want to share as we close, any advice, um, any philosophy tips, you know, in raising children or homeschooling? Or I think from a father's perspective, what I would say is that the fathers out there, the main thing they can do is support their spouse schooling mm. and always be on the same page. And that doesn't mean you're always on the same page behind closed doors away from the kids, <laughs> but it means if you're in front of the kids, yes. the kids see that you're on the same page and they think that you're on the same page all this time, even though you may have disagreements about how homeschooling goes. I think the biggest thing that a father can add, especially if he's, if he's away from home working, is just the support. Because I was always there. I didn't do a lot of homeschooling. I'm not going to tell you did. I'm not a big reader. Yeah. Um, I'm a person who likes to do things. So my kids learn from me by standing beside me doing things because that's what we do. Um, so I was just constantly on the move of that. But I would always support Linda. So I was always there. If she called, it was like, do I need to come home right now? <laughs> oh, I can tell you in all of our years of homeschooling, I never once had to come home. Really? Phone call. Because I always say, I, I don't make idle threats. It's like, if I say I'm going to come home the next time your mother calls, it means I'm going to show up and my kids know I do. <laughs> if I say, I'm going to take your cell phone away from me if you do this, I take it away. If I tell them I'm going to turn it off for a week and I tell them that, I turn it off for a week. And that's just the way I am. So I don't make idle threats. So I think in, in that, it was really just all about supporting Linda because Linda's the mom. She's around them. She's the teacher. Uh, she has a lot more compassion than I do. And I was just sort of the force even though like i said i was never the force because i never had to come home it's just so being on the same page and that's the i think the largest way that i've supported linda through 25 years of homeschooling is that i was always there for her and whatever she needed as willing to do it and and also just to you know let your wives get away once in a while and just get away from the kids Um, so my other big things date night i think for 20 years i've taken linda out almost every saturday night in 20 years if unless we were sick or out of town, it's always been something we do just to get her away from the kids and let her go by herself off to retreats and et cetera. Like into your conferences, just go. Um, And and I'll take care of the kids. 
And then we don't have TVs in our house. So then, I'd, you know, I'd get TVs and have video games and stuff when Linda was gone because that was a treat <laughs> to be with dad. So, so, so that would be my advice to the fathers out there. Just support your wife. Never stray from being on the same page in front of your children. Oh, that is so good. And you let Linda come here to Sabbath rest and do a retreat in, in Oklahoma. And I loved having her. I never wanted her to leave. It's, it's you know, I could have sabotaged it and just kept her. So <laughs> You might have changed your tune about this, sending them away, but it was so fun having her. It's like having a roommate in college or something. It was so fun. Linda, anything you want to share? Well, I, I guess uh, I would say re- just trust the Lord and just um, rest. Yeah. Um, I spent a lot of time worrying that I was not doing enough. Yes. And um, I I think the kids kind of feel that pressure, you know, if you're like always thinking, we got to do more, we got to do more. Um, So that's why it was so helpful to have your voice in my life to just keep me keeping the main thing, the main thing. Um, But I wish that I would have been able to just trust the process and just go okay, this is all going to work out. The Lord has them. He's going to make sure that they are, um, they get what they need when they need it. Yeah. So I know you, you spoke that to me a lot and I really appreciate that. And I um, say this to a lot of moms homeschooling now, just trust the Lord. It's going to be okay. Your kids are going to be fine. Do you like your children now? Yes, I do. And that's that having consulted with you now for probably 20 years, um, I really feel that you both really like your children. I know you love your children. Everybody loves their children, but not everybody likes their children and wants to spend time with them and likes the person that they've become. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like you really like your kids and everybody who knows them really likes your kids. Yeah. So. <laughs> To me, that's the the proof of the pudding is, you know, do you want to spend time with your children? Because if you don't, something has gone terribly wrong, you know, and and not that we can always control how our children turn out. Some of the best parents have the most troubled children. I don't mean it that way, but it's just so lovely to um, enjoy being with your kids and not wish for that little yellow school bus to come and take them away. Although some days we all felt we wanted that, but in the long run, you know, you've really reaped what you've sown. I threatened it sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm calling the school right now. (laughs) Oh, she makes idle threats, Bob, not like you. I love it. Well, this has been such a pleasure. Bob, I would love you to just pray for the families as we close here because you, you've been through it and you've come out the other side and you're reaping the benefits. And I just love you to pray for them. All right. Dear Lord, thank you for this time together with Carol. I do pray for homeschooling parents out in the world and families at large, Lord God, but just for parents. <coughs> unity Lord God and I just pray that your spirit would be with them and guide them through the homeschooling process just give them patience Lord God and give them a spirit of belief in you and what you can do Lord because we can do all things through you we just pray Lord God that we'd actually honestly believe 
what we read, Lord God, and from what we hear from Carol. And um, I just pray you'd be with us, Lord God, as parents and help us. And just know, not every day is good. There are hard days. There are hard days. Um, but you will get through to the other end, parents out there. So, Lord, please help them. Put that on our hearts to stay um, just fervent in all we think. Lord God, and help us to get through. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Bob kept his promise saying he came home from the office, not to get anybody in trouble, but to do our <laughs> interview. I'm so glad you did. Well, this has been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for being um, just my most loyal supporters and um, my um, poster children for what homeschooling can look like. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so Rachel, my assistant, <clears throat> has asked me to announce for our folks as they're listening in that this coming Saturday, June 20th, I'm going to be doing a half-day webinar on nutrition, and we're going to be talking about how to eat simply and inexpensively, and also how to get your kids involved, um, dealing with food allergies, holidays, um, so many of the issues that when I consult with families tell me these are kind of the hot buttons. We're going to try and address them uh, pretty quickly, and then we're going to give you some great recipes and links and cookbook recommendations, and so that'll be uh, Saturday, June 20th. Okay, well, thank you for joining me this week on the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. If you liked what you heard in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be great too. Visit my website, Carol, with an E at the end, Joy, and then Side, S-E-I-D, caroljoyside.com to subscribe to the monthly newsletter and receive exclusive discounts in my online store where seminars and interviews are available. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode where I will help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings.